What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow. <laughs> I could really use Current. (laughs) I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. Hello, and welcome back to the Asian Madness Podcast. If you're new, welcome. And if not, glad to have you back. This podcast will cover true crime, mysteries, urban legends, and all things weird from the Asian continent. If you are into any of the things I mentioned, then you're in the right place. Now let's begin this madness, shall we? Today's episode will not be a true crime episode. Instead, I will be focusing on a cultural issue, but of course more on the morbid and grim side. We will be talking about suicide in Japan. If this is a sensitive topic for you, you are more than welcome to skip this episode. My goal is to introduce this topic from another perspective, so I will most definitely not be making light of this issue, as it is very serious and unfortunate. Japan's suicide culture is something very different from what I've ever heard of, and I'd really like to share my findings and thoughts with all of you. So, what comes to mind when you think of Japan? For me personally, I think of clean environments, high-tech everything, fancy toilets, very, very polite people, and a society filled with amazing mainstream cultures and subcultures. But that's just a positive. Like everything else, certain negative aspects also come to mind. Well, for one thing, ghosts from Japan scare me a lot. But more importantly, I think of how stressful it is to live and work in Japan. 
Did you know that Japan has one of the highest suicide rates in the world? Yeah, I know, there are plenty of other countries with a higher suicide rate. For example, South Korea. But let me tell you, the cultural and social aspects are definitely something very different. And now let me bring in our correspondent Terence Terashima live from Tokyo to talk more about this. Well, very alarming trend, Terence. Why does Japan have one of the world's highest suicide rates? Why are so many Japanese taking their own lives? Yes, uh, well, there are a number of reasons uh, that people uh, commit suicide from health, uh, uh, bullying in schools, which is uh, uh, quite a problem, and there's uh, quite a number of that as well. Pressures from work and education. Uh, many of the young people uh, said uh, they were in education. And, uh, but what is alarming that is that uh, people are trying to digest it themselves instead of uh, conferring to uh, uh, people uh, around them but, and take suicide as an option. Age between 10 to 54, um, the suicide is the top three causes of death. And Japan is losing the core population that's supporting the country or will support the country by suicide. So when you look at the detailed numbers um, uh, uh, and the social background, you can see the seriousness of the situation and uh, immediate measures are needed. In recent National Police Agency data, suicide in Japan decreased for six straight year, falling below the 25,000 mark for the first time in 18 years. On surface, it seems a positive figure for a country that long known to have one of the highest suicide rates in the world among a developed nation. But the numbers have increased among those over 70s and under 19 years old. Japan's suicide rate as of recent is about 18 to 20, meaning there will be 18 to 20 suicides for every 100,000 people. At one of its worst years ever, around 70 people would commit suicide every day. That's a lot of people. Gender-wise, about 70% of all suicides are committed by men, and it is also one of the leading causes of death for men from their 20s to their 50s, and for women from their teens to their mid-30s. The good news is, for now, the suicide rate has been going down re in recent years. About 21,000 suicides took place in the year 2016, that's probably one of its lowest on record. So what exactly causes so much suicide in one of the leading nations of the world? Generally speaking, it's stress. Work stress, school stress, financial stress, family stress, etc. But what is it about the Japanese culture and society that causes so much more stress? Or why do the Japanese choose suicide when it comes to dealing with stress? Let's begin this topic by looking at the Japanese youth. For young people, as in teenagers and those in their early 20s, a major form of stress would be bullying and school stress. It's not uncommon for kids to get bullied at school, whether physically or mentally. Remember the story I told you in episode 2? The story of Hanako who haunted the girl's bathroom? I know she's an urban legend, but there are plenty of shows and movies from Japan that depict this kind of school bullying and suicide. Suicide is the second leading cause of death for age group between 10 to 14 years old, 
Moreover, it is the leading cause of death for persons aged 15 to 39. About half of all deaths among those aged 20 to 29 are suicides. Many teenagers say they feel isolated; no one would take them seriously, but reluctant to say more from fears of being disliked. Experts say it is partially due to the cultural background. The Japanese society still lack understanding in mental health. One will be perceived weak or embarrassing to consult their problems. Schools usually fail to do anything about this, as they are reluctant to admit that the school took part in this or that they were unable to help. They might also just see it as the way kids are, and they'd rather not interfere. Now let's look at school stress. Entrance exams to high school and colleges is one of the most important and most stressful times of a student's life. Student leaps to his death from school window in the middle of class. A distressing video posted to LiveLeak this week appears to show the final moments of a troubled teen in China jumping to his death from a classroom window. The footage was captured on the classroom's CCTV and shows the schoolboy sitting motionless as the class around him buzzes with activity before an impending lesson. Whatever was going through the mind of Xiao Zhen must have been too much to bear. Without warning, he snaps and heads straight for the nearest window. His classmates react in horror and race to see if he really just did the unthinkable. Several students run toward the door. Though the video doesn't show it, we can guess how the scene must have appeared to his distraught friends. China's pressure cooker society, in which parents and teachers make huge demands of children, and in which poor exam results can stunt a person's entire future, has helped elevate suicide to the number one cause of death among the country's youth. In societies like Japan, Korea, China, and Taiwan, it is normal for children to go to school during the day and right afterwards head to a cram school for some extra learning and prepping. A normal student would not arrive home till about nine or ten p.m., only to wake up the next day and do it all over again. Unlike the U.S. and many other countries, Asian school systems focus mostly on grades. Students don't really have a life outside of studying. If you want a life, yeah, sure, go get good grades, get in a good school first, and then get a good job. That's when you can do whatever the hell you want. Except we all know that's not how it works. I'm sure you guys have seen memes online depicting Asian parents. One that always cracks me up is a dad saying, "You're not Bijan, you Asian." Or another that goes, "Sure, you can pick whatever profession you want in the future, doctor or lawyer." As weird as these might be, they are not too far from the truth. Parents and teachers give a lot of pressure to students, which eventually results in the students giving themselves a lot of pressure. I had the um, <clears throat> pleasure of studying in a local Taiwanese elementary school for about two years as a kid. I remember very clearly one incident in first grade. I was seven. I had received a ninety-eight on a test. Not too bad, right? That's what I thought. But the teacher was not impressed. I was hit on my hand twice with a stick for the two points that I had lost. Even as a kid, I was humiliated. Not a fun experience at all. Of course, these expectations and punishments only get worse as you get older. Overall, 
corporal punishment is illegal. But there's still a lot of debate around this topic. Whether corporal punishment is beneficial or not, or whether it's even necessary. There have been cases of students being beat up by teachers in Japan consistently, or students turning to suicide because of excessive punishment. But things like this don't really happen anymore. Physical punishment in schools are no longer allowed in many places, for the most part. But as you can see, this high expectation for kids to get good grades and to study all the time, this itself manifests into a very unhealthy mentality, where having good grades and doing well on exams equals having a good life. So if you fail a test, it is a major catastrophe. Your life is basically over. Of course, I can't say that every single Asian country is exactly the same. But in general, from what I have observed, they all sort of follow this sort of trend. It might have gotten better in the recent years, because I'm no longer a student, I really wouldn't know. Just imagine having your entire life consumed with studying and grades and testing and getting into a good school. If this doesn't work out in your favor, Imagine all the disappointment you're going to get from parents and teachers and people that believed in you and, most importantly, yourself. I would say that is a lot of pressure for a young person to endure, especially when they link this to their future, to their happiness. So in the end, is it really surprising that this is a big contributing factor amongst the youngsters? Next up, let's look at Japan's working environment. Japan's work environment revolves around the concept of recruiting newly graduates and giving lifelong employment. To make it in these working environments, loyalty and dedication is probably the most important traits that you'll need. To show dedication and loyalty, it is common for employees to know their company values and company anthem. If they have one, they cannot speak ill of the company. They will have to work overtime and not expect more pay, give up vacation days, and always be willing to choose work over yourself or your family, even during your days off. Note that these are expectations, so technically, yes, you can ignore these and do whatever you want. But in the end, it will cost you more than you can handle. In exchange, the employees may receive health care, housing subsidies, and more importantly, employment security. I have a Japanese friend who had tried interviewing for jobs in Japan after university, and she told me it was horrible. The recruiting procedure was very strict and extremely competitive. Imagine you're interviewing for a job that will last for the rest of your life. Can you handle the rejection? Imagine the stress. University graduates would dress up in their best suits to these work interviews, and every little detail is important, as the Japanese people are very detail-oriented. It's not shocking to work in one company all your life, but it is rather encouraged and sought after. From this bit of information, you can probably tell how important one's work is 
since it's considered lifelong and will likely take up more than 90% of your attention. I am by no means saying that all companies in Japan are like this. It is the year 2017 after all, so no, not all companies and not all individuals follow this way of life. Newer companies and industries probably have a higher chance of reaching work life balance, but despite what the company goals are, it's really difficult to change and rewire how people themselves think. Just because your company tells you to go have fun and spend more time at home with your family instead of working your ass off, the employee might feel like a failure and reject it. Sometimes businessmen who actually get off work on time or earlier would refrain from heading home straight away, fearing that it would make his family or his friends think that he is less valued by the company. There's a term in Japanese called karoshi, literally meaning overworked to death. You can tell that most suicides are most likely work related due to the age distribution. Employment regulations tend to regulate working hours to usually about 40 hours per week, five days a week, but it is not unusual to see many people work 12 hours a day and more. Maybe working 12 hours a day is doable to some extent, but what if you felt like you were constantly being monitored? There is a famous advertising company called Dentsu in Japan. One of its younger employees committed suicide in the year 1991 due to overwork. The government demanded the company improve its labor regulations and working conditions. They agreed. Except they didn't really agree. Another employee by the name Matsuri Takahashi, only 24 years old and eight months into the job, committed suicide on Christmas Day due to work pressure. The president of Japan's largest advertising agency will step down a year after an employee's so called death by overwork. In December of 2015, a young woman employed by Dentsu took her own life after logging more than 100 hours of overtime in one month. Her death has been considered karoshi, which means death by overwork in Japan. At a news conference, Dentsu President Hidashi Ishii said, quote, It is extremely regrettable that we could not prevent overwork by a new recruit. In order to take full responsibility, I would like to resign as president. At a board meeting in January. The woman's death prompted a study into the country's overtime policies. Researchers found that staff of more than 20% of Japanese companies work at least 80 hours of overtime every month. Japanese Prime Minister Shinzo Abe is currently proposing reforms to Japan's employment policies, which could affect overtime regulations. She was reported to have been getting less than two hours of sleep every day prior to her suicide. Upon investigation, Matsuri had 105 hours of overtime logged in per month, and that's not even including her normal working hours. It was also discovered that the company had been encouraging their employees to record less working hours in order to get around the law. Pretty unethical. Westerners who go and work in Japan tend to have a very difficult time adjusting. The society in Japan is very strict and rigid, so as an outsider trying to fit in, it will definitely be hard to understand and comply with the social norms. In the end, it just might be too different. I've read several accounts of foreigners working in Japanese companies, and as stable as it might be, 
Some comments I see refer to overtime as being "quote unquote" borderline suicidal, low pay with high expectations, low tolerance for minor mess-ups. One interesting aspect about work environment also includes the senior-junior hierarchy. Juniors were treated with less respect, and this was just something everybody did and accepted. You basically had to be respectful and very mindful to anybody who had more seniority. You may wonder why don't the employees just quit and find another job? But like I told you earlier, many of these people go into a job expecting to work there for the rest of their lives, and being laid off or having to switch jobs, other companies might think there's something wrong with you. So it's a lot easier to just avoid this and continue working at your current company. But again. It's not always about work itself. Someone who is feeling depressed in Japan may not be aware that they are depressed. The idea of going to a therapist or getting treated for depression is considered very shameful, especially for men. Japan is still a male-dominant society. Men are expected to make more, to be able to handle everything, provide for their family, etc. No one has time to think about their depression or try to work it out. It's basically one of those "oh, cheer up, don't overthink, get over it" scenarios. Once the depression or stress gets the best of them, they'd much rather choose to end their life than to seek mental health and emotional help. I am by no means blaming the people for not seeking help. They probably did not even realize that they needed help. But even the health professionals have their hands tied to some extent. Although Japan has a pretty good healthcare system, they rarely acknowledge mental health issues as it is not something you can't see, such as a broken foot or a high fever. There is a strong shortage of certified and qualified psychiatrists, and even if they do have patients, they usually just prescribe something strong and that's it. Patients are not required to come back the following week to see how they were doing. If you think the United States isn't doing a good job educating the public about mental health, man, I'm just saying, the U.S. is a lot more accepting and willing to talk about this than Asian countries in general. But as an improvement, many companies in Japan are offering mental health and counseling for their employees now. But like I mentioned earlier, no one wants to come off as weak. Asians don't like to lose face, and for the Japanese. Is generally considered weak and shameful to seek mental help. It will probably take more than a few years to change how mental health is viewed. There is still strong prejudice for mental health. People are made to feel defeated if they go to mental clinic or see a therapist. We must improve that environment. Environment where people around you show understanding and can say it is okay to see a therapist. The change in the social environment will change the feeling for the choice they might make. Experts are calling for more awareness education in schools, so that there will be more acceptance for people to consult or to be consulted without discrimination. One sentence from an article in the BBC perfectly captures the suicide scene in Japan. Young people are killing themselves because they have lost hope and are incapable of seeking help. The following quotes are from a Mr. Wataru Nishida, a psychologist from Tokyo's Temple University. 
there are not many ways to express anger or frustration in Japan. This is a rule-oriented society. Young people are molded to fit into a very small box. They have no way to express their true feelings. If they feel under pressure from their boss and get depressed, some feel the only way out is to die. Moving on to the next section. Suicide is considered more of a social issue and less of a health issue. If you know anything about Japanese history, you'll know that samurais or soldiers from back in the day would choose to kill themselves rather than be captured by the enemy. Suicide is closely tied with honor. Samurais would use their swords to disembowel themselves, which was considered to be honorable response to failure. During World War II, kamikaze literally means god wind or divine wind, where soldiers would fly their planes straight into their enemies, committing suicide along the way. Do not accept defeat. This act was deeply respected and glorified by the nation. This also continues into recent years as well. In 1985, Japan experienced one of its most deadly plane crashes. Japan Airlines Flight 123 from Haneda Airport to Osaka Airport crashed about 62 miles from Tokyo. Reason for the crash? The plane was improperly repaired. Out of the 524 aboard the plane, only four survived. The maintenance manager of JAL, Hiro Tominaga, committed suicide to atone for the incident. And another engineer, Susumu Tajima, who had cleared the aircraft as safe, also committed suicide as a way to take responsibility. Better die in honor than live in shame. Another example where it may have been deemed culturally appropriate was when the cabinet minister, Toshikatsu Matsuoka, killed himself in 2007, while being investigated for an expense scandal. The governor at the time praised him as a true samurai for keeping his honor by death. So basically, when you see no way out of a problem, taking your own life would be in a way justified. It is considered honorable and a way to own up for your responsibilities. Remember one thing. Christianity has no root in Japan history or society, so the concept of suicide is not regarded as a sin. Suicide rates in Japan may actually be higher than reported, though, because a lot of deaths of the elderly are not reported. While it is not confirmed that they all committed suicide, but a lot of the older population who are lonely and in financial trouble may choose to end their lives. Insurance in Japan covers for suicide, so when someone is desperate, they may choose to end their lives and have their remaining family members receive the insurance payout. That really makes me sad. So that's for my exploration into the different reasonings behind suicide in Japan. I'd like to talk about something else. The suicide forest in Japan. I'm pretty sure many of you have heard of this forest. It's called Aokigahara, aka Suicide Forest. This forest is located right by Mount Fuji, and is approximately 12 square miles. It is also the popular hotspot for people seeking to end their lives. In the year 2003, 105 bodies were discovered in the forest. In the year 2010, there were 200 suicide attempts. There are police and patrolmen constantly walking around the forest grounds, on the lookout for bodies. Can you imagine doing this every single day? 
There are many ads and boards right outside the forest, urging people to rethink their decisions and to seek help. Most people who go in the forest choose to either hang themselves or overdose. This place is eerie enough as it is. It's also really easy to get lost in the forest, as it is very thick and dense. Explorers or patrolmen would sometimes need to tie ribbons on the trees in order to find their way back. Kinda like Hansel and Gretel, except more successful. Sometimes people seeking suicide will camp out in the forest for a couple days. It is said that they still have doubts about choosing death, so they go into the woods and contemplate their decisions. The local officials are said to have stopped publicizing the suicide numbers per year in order to stop people from associating the forest with suicide. Obviously, the forest is said to be haunted. I mean, so many lives lost there. I'd be surprised if it wasn't haunted. An American movie came out last year called The Forest, where a girl goes to Japan to find her sister who was suspected to have gone into the suicide forest. Suicide is also something you see in pop culture. There was a movie in Japan called Suicide Circle. I think I first watched it when I was in middle school or high school. And the opening scene was really something. As a train was approaching a station, around 50 schoolgirls stepped up to the platform, held hands, and jumped on the train rail as soon as the train approached. If you've never seen this movie, you're more than welcome to go look it up. I understand that this was a rather heavy topic. I am by no means an expert on Asian studies or psychology. It's impossible for me not to take note of this issue, and even more impossible for me to not want to understand it. I'm sure most people in Asia have a basic concept of how Japan is like. But I have to say, Japan is a wonderful place. I've visited it three times already, and it's always overwhelming. But in a good way. Food is amazing, for sure. Culture is rich. Crime rate is low. And there's just so much to do there. If any of you ever get a chance, please consider visiting Japan. Before I leave you, I would still like to give a few shoutouts. I would like to thank from the US, Megs1768, and from New Zealand, YHHTY, for their wonderful reviews. Thank you. And for my Patreon members, I am still in shock that people are pledging to me, but thank you so much. Jennifer Murphy, Angela Stiles, Haley from the Murder Road Trip Podcast, and Llama Bug. I really wish I knew who you were. Starting this week, I would like to recommend two podcasts every episode. So this week's recommendation is a true crime enthusiast with your host, Paul, and True Crime Sweden. As a podcaster covering areas that are, well, less known, I think I understand some of the struggles, so I would like to give True Crime Sweden a really big shout-out, and she does a wonderful job on her podcast, so everybody should go listen to both of my recommendations now. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode. If you're somehow enjoying this podcast, please help me by reviewing, rating, and subscribing. Please also join me on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Username Asian Madness Pod. 
My email is asianmadnesspod at gmail.com. Please write me if you have any comments, suggestions, or just want to say hi to me. I'm your host, Jessica, aka DMAD Asian. Till next time. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.